Another hand for the fabulous new Washingtonian jazz ensemble, Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Well, welcome, everybody. I am Martin Sullivan. I'm director of the National Portrait Gallery, and uh, we're thrilled. This is a day of multiple celebrations. I thought I would start out by sharing with you some thoughts that were conveyed by Duke Ellington's granddaughter, Mercedes, uh, who heads the Duke Ellington Center for the Arts. And she wrote just yesterday, on this date, my grandfather's 110th anniversary, we are moved by the immense outpouring of affection for Duke Ellington that has recurred across the country and around the globe. Literally, hundreds of events are taking place everywhere to honor his legacy and his unparalleled contributions to American music. Particularly heartwarming for me, however, she writes, is the superb tribute that you have succeeded in creating on this date for both my grandfather and for a special friend, Tony Bennett. Tony has been a dear and close friend of ours, not only during my grandfather's lifetime, but ever since. A consummate artist, he is one of the few for whom Duke, Ellington, whom Duke Ellington regarded as beyond category. Fabulous, fabulous. Words fail to express how delighted we are that the friendship and mutual admiration between Duke Ellington and Tony Bennett should be enshrined and remembered by the installation of Tony's portrait of the Duke in the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery. So uh, a great, great morning. Uh, Tony Bennett, as everyone is aware, has been justly honored uh, in Washington and indeed around the world, at the White House, the Kennedy Center, and so many other venues. Today he's honoring us at the Smithsonian with the presentation of this work. This is actually the third piece that Tony Bennett has uh, donated generously to the Smithsonian Institution. Uh, the first is a wonderful portrait of Ella Fitzgerald that is part of that fabulous jazz collection in the National Museum of American History. The second uh, is a beautiful landscape, Central Park, uh, which uh, is on view in this building in the Luce Center and is in the collection of the Smithsonian American Art Museum. So I want to recognize, and I can't see too well in the dark here, but. Uh, if Frank Glass, director of the National Museum of American History, and uh, Betsy Brune, my, my good colleague, director of the Smithsonian American Art Museum, are here, hi and thank you. I also want to acknowledge that um, the partnership that has supported and sustained the Duke Ellington School of the Arts in Washington is uh, one in which the George Washington University has played an instrumental role. And uh, not only the School of the Arts, but really all of us in Washington benefit so much from the active engagement in the community of the George Washington University. So thank you to President Stephen Knapp. Are you here? He's not here yet, but he's coming. He's coming. We'll thank him in absentia. Um, and now, uh, it is an extraordinary privilege to introduce uh, for you this morning someone who has made such an enduring mark in American life. And beyond that, 
has been a mentor and a coach and a role model for musicians everywhere. Uh, he is also one terrific, nice guy, as I learned uh, when I had the great privilege of uh, visiting with him in his studio. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming our honored guest, Mr. Tony Bennett. Thank you very much. What a moment for me. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, I'd like to thank Dick Golden for uh, participating and making this happen. And it's a, something that I never dreamed about, and it just came true. It's a, it's a, it's a, a real-life dream for me to have this happen. And... Uh, so inspiring that it's uh, uh, allowing me to just uh, try and improve for the rest of my life to get better and better. And I was thrilled to backstage to hear this wonderful group of musicians to show how, how wonderful to teach the young people the greatest art form that I think has ever been created in the United States of America, the art of spontaneous jazz, improvisation, and uh, to hear these young people play as good as old masters is phenomenal for me. Aren't they wonderful? You sound so thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, I'm just going to share one more personal story because I think it suggests the breadth of the talent of the man standing next to me. Uh, some of us are fortunate to know that Tony Bennett is an accomplished artist in a variety of media subjects and so forth. And if you have seen his work, uh, you understand how skilled he is. But for the vast majority of people in the U.S., I'd venture, the point of reference is always your great music. So a couple of weekends ago, uh, my wife's sisters were visiting from Peoria, Illinois, uh, and they were in our home, and I had the book that you kindly presented me, Tony, of your paintings, and they were mesmerized. I said, that man can paint, and oh, indeed... And indeed, you can. So we're just going to do a very brief, formal uh, uh, welcome uh, to uh, the image of Duke Ellington. Uh, there'll be opportunity for a few questions afterwards. And then uh, the object itself is going to be moved up to a place of honor in our hall of new arrivals, actually right across from the president. Pretty That's fitting. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So... We'll go up there uh, after a few minutes, but first we'll just kind of go over here uh, and stand, and perhaps you talk a little bit uh, when we come back about the about what prompted you to do it. All right. Okay. We'll just do this.
Um, I spent some time in, in Great Britain, and I went to a classical record shop and met a very astute uh, salesman. And he said he knew that he knew of me because I had a television show at the time on the BBC. And he said, uh, do you like classical music, huh? So I said, yes. He said, do you know who wrote more classical music than any composer in the history of the world? I said, well, is, is it Bach or Beethoven? Or He said, no. He said, it's Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington wrote more music than any other composer in the history of the world. Very, very prolific. And... Uh, I got a big, his family and my family, my sister became friends with his sister. And we, all of a sudden we became very close friends. And I, I toured with him all over the United States. And uh, I used to get a big kick out of him because in my painting are these uh, roses that every time he wrote a song that he thought uh, I might like to record, he would send me a dozen roses. And uh, I used to get, every time the roses came in, I said, oh, Duke wrote another song. <laughs> and that's why those roses are in the painting. And uh, he was just the most wonderful human being. Uh, he, he, his, his mother uh, taught him right from a very early age that, that he was absolutely special that he was different than anybody that ever lived. And she had a way of, of communicating to him <clears throat> this business that he was absolutely different than anybody. So much so that I heard him once tell a, a composer, he said, when you write a song, he says, make sure it doesn't sound like anybody else's song. And that's a very, very creative statement because it's so difficult to invent a new mode or a new melody. Uh, it's, it's very rare and it's very difficult. But that's the high standard of integrity that he had. Another incident about him that I got a big kick out of is that uh, at the record company, they called him in and, and the producer said to him, uh, Mr. Ellington, unfortunately, we have to drop you from the label. And he said, how come? He said, well, you're not selling enough records. And as quick as he, so, so spontaneous, he said to the, the, the producer, I think you have it turned around. He said, I make the music. You're supposed to sell the records. <laughs> so that's Duke Ellington. <laughs> Okay, we, uh, first of all, I'm going to ask our art handling staff if they will, at this point, uh, remove uh, the object and bring it upstairs so it can be hung right away for the public and we'll all have a chance uh, to look at it in just a few minutes. While we're waiting, there's time for a few questions, if anybody has some. Uh, by the way, is, is the, did I hear the president of, uh, of GW? GW here? We're hoping he'll arrive. Maybe oh, okay. I don't, all right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, 
Well, uh, my, my whole search is uh, one that I, I really don't understand too much about yet, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing it. It's a search for tr- <clears throat> it's a search for truth and beauty, and everything I do is about that, and it's a search for it to find definitive answers of how important truth and beauty is to humanity and the world. Yes. No, I, 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 I just, uh, I describe myself as, as a student, a perpetual student of learning how to paint. And uh, so I, I study all kinds of techniques and different masters and uh, impressed by, I had the fortunate business of traveling as a performer. So I go to every museum in the world and, uh, it's it's quite a journey to see all these great masters paint so beautifully. Okay. One question over here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. It was wonderful to get to the first uh, lesson. Thank I was you. wondering if you could talk about the relationship of your musical creativity and your painterly creativity. Are these activities that you engage in simultaneously, or do you find that you would do music at different times and then turn to painting? Thank you. <clears throat> well, being on the road with Duke Ellington, it was wonderful to listen to him and what he was thinking about. And one of the things he told me to do, and I hadn't realized that I was always kind of doing it, I, I primarily was performing, but then I would always, always be drawing and studying painting. But he said to me something that changed my life completely. He said, do two things, don't do one just like you do with the piano, with the two hands. And, you know, he said, so I, it, it kind of shocked me. I said, how could you do two things? And then I started doing that as an exercise, and I started doing it on a daily basis. Uh, and what happened is it changed my whole life for the better because when you sing a lot, uh, when you travel and you're packing suitcases and getting to the next town and everything, you, you start getting a little burnt out. And then I would start painting, and it would be a big lift, a, a, a nice fresh start. I'd stop singing, and I'd start painting. So that, that felt good. And then after a while, when I painted a lot, I'd get burnt out painting. I'd get back to the music. And then I just went back and forth, and what happened is that it, cre- it created a, a, a state of, of a perpetual creativity. Uh, I, I have no need to ever go on a vacation or to retire because I'm, I'm in this creative zone that, that he instructed me to do, you know, just sing and paint. So when I'm doing one or the other, my life is so full of feeling creative every day about something, uh, just the search alone, uh, makes me so f- feel so grateful to be alive, and it's made me fall in love with life and and this beautiful gift that of the earth that we have, that we're alive in this great world, and what a gift it is. That's what it's taught me, and that came from Duke Ellington. Thank you.
Okay, um, I think at this point, I will invite all of you, if you wish, uh, to go upstairs to the first floor. Uh, and as you come up from the auditorium, you'll want to turn uh, into the Portrait Gallery's new arrival space corridor. Uh, and the uh, painting will be there, and Tony Bennett will be there. And uh, we, again, very much appreciate seeing all of you this morning here for this, uh, both our good friends in the media and my colleagues at the Smithsonian Institution. It's a special day, and I'll never forget Duke Ellington's 110th birthday. I'm sure none of us will. Right, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.